0: Welcome to the Solent Shipping Podcast, your weekly shipping news and market recap, with your hosts, George Day and Andrea Iguera.:
1: Welcome to the Solent Shipping Podcast. Uh, how are you, George? Hello, I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Fine, fine. You know, all the time, all the same stuff that we have that we have already said last week. So studying, stay at home, oh and you know. How's the, uh, how's? How is the weather with you? Uh it's it was raining before this morning in Genoa. I think right now it's cloudy. You know, uh, not a great weather weather. And how is it there in? Um, I don't remember where you live. I know that it's close to. Bristol, isn't it? Yeah, Somerset. Yeah, uh, yeah,
0: a little bit, little bit sunny this morning, very cold. Went out for a run, like two, uh, two degrees. Yeah, probably. I, I haven't really checked, I'd say probably under five outside, but went wow. for the hills and yeah, good start to the day. Good start.
1: So, uh, what are we going to talk about today? We are going to talk about the new ultra uh, large container ships. Uh, of Apagloids that they have ordered uh, in the Daivushi buildings, isn't it, in Korea, in South Korea, and uh, they are going to be released theoretically within 2023. Uh, What do you think about this move um, by the, you know, the German-based liner uh, company?
0: Well, they're set to, to, you know, put it into a contract, 12 ultra-large 212 ULCC is not, you know, pretty that's not, not not too bad, you know, it's a pretty, pretty big commitment, isn't it? Especially for the LNG I think there's yeah. a we can turn around and say that that's a you know, in terms of the feathers in LNG's cap, in terms of people supporting it, and mm-hmm. using LNG, I, this is another one to add to the list, isn't it? I mean, they're using Interesting to that there's new technology coming out of South Korea um, mm-hmm. in terms of uh, the use in terms of the use of um LNG tanks, they got a new they got a new tank design, haven't they? Which is supposed to be um a cheaper, more economical to build. Um but it's that, real- sorry
1: if I interrupt you, but they have just applied this new technology on uh, one ship that was built in 2018 and it just uh, 50,000 deadweights, isn't it? Yeah, relatively untested technology. There's yeah. not data on it. Um
0: it's supposedly quite difficult to, to work with as well, so we'll mm-hmm. see how good, um, I mean, South Korean build quality is obviously good, um, it's not known for being bad, but we'll see how well it works with this, you know, these are going to be big tanks, difficult to build, um, relatively unproven technology, not lots of experience with working with it, we'll have to see how it lasts, we'll have to see how it works, there's only one way to tell.
1: Yeah, no one knows, of course, we uh, just the time will tell us if it's a good you know, investment to to push forward. Um, Do you think the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, you know, will uh, scare a little bit the German company to to this new 12 ultra large container ships, uh, new buildings orders? You know, the, of course, the, the cash flow is not as good as it was last year, even if, you know, the container ship market didn't uh, suffer. Too much this uh, you know this pandemic
0: um i'm not sure actually i think that they might if it was me and i was looking at this i would look at it it's a change that has to come anyway mm-hmm. and if i'm gonna make a choice to invest in lng which seems to be the most obvious transition fuel it's not an end solution we know that uh, the end solution has got to be zero carbon and LNG definitely isn't that. Um, mm-hmm. But it's better than what currently is and there and it's more viable than any of the, you know, the supposed solutions which are available at the moment. So LNG is a great transition. It should get us past 2030. It won't get us past 2050. So if we are investing as an industry now on transition fuels, we need to be making decisions, you know, soon because we want to get a full life out of those vessels if you buy a ship in 10 years time Mm -hmm. then you've got a ship which might only last you you know 10-15 years
1: yeah yeah we're gonna see that i think it's a difficult investment you know and most of the uh, container ship companies uh, are evaluating this investment. Uh, But for example, the French container ship company, CMA CGM, uh, has already thought about this, uh, you know, new LNG investment, and they have uh, uh, already delivered uh, uh, for 2021, uh, I I think something like, or 2022, sorry, new 26 uh, um, new container ships that they are 15, uh, 15 000 euros or something like that so it's a great commitment you know and uh, you know everyone knows about the new jacques said that is really beautiful that's uh, um you know i think it passed uh, close uh, to southampton uh just ago, right? yeah yeah two weeks ago so I, i've seen some photos uh, it is, she's really good she's really beautiful what yeah, do you yeah. think about this uh, you know uh new technological uh Sheep's energy fuel. It is a transition fuel.
0: I think Mm -hmm. we all know that it isn't going to last past twenty fifty. Therefore, to get the value out of your ship, you need to get the longest lifespan out of it to make sure that you know. If we think about it, if you let's say there's a linear depreciation curve, Mm -hmm. not ten years off the lifespan, depreciation curve is steeper. You lose more money every year on the value of the ship. If the lifespan is longer, then that's a shallower curve and you'll lose less money every year. So they're trying to expand the lifespan of these ships by making sure they get in early. Mm-hmm. If they invest now, they'll make sure they have a solid fleet right up until there they are, you know, end solutions which are available to make them zero carbon. So the plan would be buy ships that they know are going to last them at least the next 20 years keep those ships probably not for the 20 years but it means they'll still have value in them in the next 10 when a solution is available and then Mm -hmm. if they decide to get rid of them when they're 10 15 years old there's still operational value left in them they're not just scrapping
1: but uh what do you really think about this new uh huge container ship that are getting uh, bigger and bigger here by here you know the 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 main problem is the depth if you think about this uh, new container ship sorry sorry I think it's a great opportunity. Mm-hmm. I think it's a but great... For example, if we, if we talk about the depth, the draft matter, that, for example, the CMA, CGM, Jacques, uh, I don't remember, uh, Sade, uh, or Sade, uh, it's um, 16 meters or something like that. For example, in the Port of Genoa, I'm talking about you know my home port, uh, the depth is between 9 to 15 meters. So, you know, it's kind of difficult I to enter in perfect. this. I think mode. it's
0: perfect. I think make the ships as big as possible. Make them as big as possible because <laughs> the bigger the ships, like you've already said, the less ports they can go into. Yes? Yeah, the economy of case. Now right. in terms of European shipping, we there's there is studies in place, but we need more of a focus on the short sea aspect. Mm-hmm. We need more of a focus on the feeder services.
1: Also in the Elan sailings.
0: Yeah, I mean in the UK. There needs to be more focus on the feeder services. I know there's studies going into it and in projects, but there needs to be more commitment. And the bigger the container ships, the bigger, yeah, you know, the bigger commitment there is
1: to one or two ports that can offer that service. Yeah, UK, which are the, the you know the ports that can host these kind of ships, Southampton and uh, Liverpool. I don't know. There, but there is opportunity then for feeder services. You
0: know, mm-hmm. if the feeders if those ships can't take to as many ports then there needs to be something supplying those ports you understand Mm -hmm. me and you know as environmental restrictions come in place maybe this will mean that there's less commitment to road transport because actually it makes more sense to move things closer to ports which can take smaller feeder vessels Mm -hmm. Um, more port-centric distribution i think port-centric distribution is the way forwards in terms of a greener future, in terms of uh, a more productive future. I think the best way to improve the efficiency of the logistics system is to take away the reliance from the logistic system on road and rail-based transport and put more reliance on shipping.
1: Certainly yeah, for the- sure, they have, they have already, I think they have already decided to, to choose and to pursue this choice uh, 20 years ago as, uh, when, uh, you, uh, you know, European Union decide to put more uh, most of their uh, shipments uh, through through sea and not uh, through roads and uh, you know the
0: European Union has been brilliant at it the UK government on the other hand not quite so much if you look mm-hmm. at UK statistics i think it's over 95% of goods move domestically in the UK on crazy. The,
1: on, the crazy, crazy. on the road that's not including the rail that's if you the... think seeing that it's an island so
0: yeah a, an island that has built its reputation in the world around ships yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah it was based on a, it was based on a navy uh based on you know coastal communities and ports so to think that we've just abandoned it is you know quite sad really. and i think there's a great opportunity in the uk for feeder services maybe even you know a uk company for feeder services but we'll have to see about that
1: Right. So good discussion about that. Uh, would you like to skip to the second topic? Uh, you know, the ship owner, I don't know, the logistics and services uh, that they they had asked in order to, uh, to deliver a few VLCC. I think there were six or something like that and eight Aframax, but at le- uh, at the end, they didn't do that yet. So do you think they are going to, you know, to respect their deals with the uh, is it a Korean also? The Korean should be a
0: shipyard again. Yeah, they were yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Ab- yeah, Abu Dhabi State Energy Company. It's their shipping division. Their logistics side. Yeah, they've put. Well, they've got. Well, supposedly they haven't stated this as fact, but there is evidence to believe that they have uh, letters of intent with the shipyard for VLCCs. Uh, six new builds yes um now apparently they're considering dual fueling lng uh but this costs more money and apparently uh to quote it's still costly which is you know interesting but it'll be interesting to see if they choose to go for a similar sort of tank arrangement as Mm -hmm. to hapag lloyd with the new tanks that are being offered in South Korea. If that makes it cheaper, then maybe they will. Apparently, there's about a thirty percent cost saving with them. So maybe they'll choose those tanks. Maybe that's why they've gone with that shipyard. Um, mm-hmm. I, don't
1: I don't know. I think this new facilities, uh, yeah, of course, was introduced two years ago, but uh, larger and the bigger companies uh, are just uh, you know evaluating these new technologies in the last months. So probably. Um, this ship owner, the Arabian ship Arabian ship owner decided to pursue, you know, the same way that Hapagloid is doing. And uh, what do you think about the prices that decreased, uh, really decreased in the last four months compared to August? Because according to Clarkson, the prices uh, for uh, one of ICC in August was 87 million and last week or today, we can say is actually 85 million, so 2 million less. And if we talk about Afromax, uh, it was uh, 50 millions in August and 46 millions today. So do you think that the ship owner, Arabic ship owner, uh, forecasted this new, this decreasing of the market or it was, you know, just uh, just uh, at random?
0: In all honesty, I'm not sure. In all honesty, I'm not sure. Um, I mean, it's strange, isn't it? Because it's winter. Mm-hmm. But I suppose stockpiles have already been gathered, so maybe countries aren't so reliant on oil. Um, I'm not sure, to be honest. I mean, I don't know of anything significant, uh, whether I'm mm-hmm. just still informed. Companies and owners are being cautious on new buildings, or I'd certainly hope they're being cautious. I'm um,
1: scared from the you know coronavirus, a second yeah. or third wave. It,
0: there's no massive indication of a big bounce back, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not sure world governments are of that interested in a massive bounce back. I don't think world governments want to see an unstable bounce. I think a mm-hmm. slow, gradual uh, regaining of the world economy is, um, you know, a slow, gradual go- growth is what people are looking for. Whether we'll see that or not, I don't know. And that's, I think,
1: the issue. Uh, is there going to be growth? Isn't there going to be growth? Uncertainty is, seems to be rife. Do you think the mild winter that we are facing, you know, in the northern hemisphere is uh, actually, you know, um, affecting the tanker market? So they don't see this recovery that they expected uh, during the, the, the worst period of the pandemic.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not as cold, is it? Yeah, I,
1: it's, cold. At
0: all. <laughs> you know, it's um cold. It's a bit... You know, it could can, can be a little bit chilly on the wind, but there's no, you know, it's definitely not as cold. So yeah, I would agree with you. Maybe this maybe this winter just means there's less heating demand. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would agree with that. I'd also say that also the fact there's probably an awful lot less energy usage.
1: Mm-hmm. You know,
0: restaurants, but the UK, uh, mm-hmm. less people going out to restaurants. I would say flights, fuel. Yeah, flights and the fueling, uh, people are traveling less. You know, quite often over Christmas, people are traveling home. People aren't doing that. I would agree with you. I would say that this winter and this Christmas has been a lot different to previous years. And as a result, that
1: probably is having a direct effect on the demand for oil. Mm-hmm. So I think for today it's enough. So thank you very much, George, for your presence. And um, see you next week. Bye. Why?